Welcome to the Outsourcing Pharma podcast. I'm Gareth McDonald. Asking the right questions is key to assessing CROs and giving pharmaceutical industry contract managers the insight they need to find the best development partners. At least that's according to Michael Howley from Drexel University, who updated Outsourcing Pharma on a project designed to improve the way CRO performance is measured. There has been some work in this area of assessing CRO performance, and I see two general approaches. The first is a fairly general approach where they ask questions of a senior uh, pharmaceutical uh, manager, something like, well, how satisfied were you with the CRO performance, or would you be willing to recommend them? And while those are fine questions, they're not detailed enough to give the contract manager who's considering hiring that CRO again any insights. Uh, The second approach is a very detailed and granular and very often quantitative approach. So, for example, how many days did it take them to recruit subjects for this trial? And so you get uh, uh, an answer like, well, their average patient recruiting time is 55 days. Well, does that mean that that CRO is good at recruiting patients or or what? It's hard to know. So we're taking an approach that's in the middle, where we're trying to drill down to uh, ask the functional area managers how the CROs performed on all of the individual tasks that are important to a successful clinical trial. Okay, are you able to say some of the questions that you will be asking then? Yeah, so for example, uh, and what we do is in extensive interviews with pharmaceutical executives, we found that the best way to ask these questions was to break them into four stages. And that, in doing that, we can get the functional area managers within the pharmaceutical firms that are actually overseeing and have a direct experience. So in a legal sense, these are witnesses to what the CRO actually did. And we can ask them a series of questions like, for example, uh, to go back to patient uh, recruiting, how well did the uh, CRO keep you informed of their patient recruiting progress? In the sales and contracting phase, how did they perform in the bid defense? Later on, uh, towards the end of study conduct, we asked about their data management practices. So we can drill down to discrete tasks that when you integrate them and bundle them together, they lead to good CRO performance. Okay, so that's the level of detail you're going to. You're also going to be interacting with a lot of stakeholders. Now, um, the contract research sector is a competitive market and performance measures have to be transparent. How do you ensure that your approach is is robust? And um, how do you ensure, for example, that there's no bias in the results you're getting? Well, this is a constant concern for us, and it's something we're very open-minded. The first thing that we're doing to avoid bias is we're we're putting considerable effort and time and money into validating this instrument. So we're, and and this is the phase that we're in now, is we're out field testing these questions and see how they perform. The advantage of a statistically validated model is that now we can be open-minded about challenges. So, for example, one thing we've already heard, um, for example, when you talk to CROs about trying to assess their performance, they very correctly make the point that, well, the pharmaceutical firm contributes to our performance as far as keeping us up to date about changes that they need, not making too many changes to the order, getting us the information we need on time. So we'll be including uh, an assessment from the CRO of how the pharmaceutical firm contributed to their performance. 
one of the major biases as well is time. Okay, so people's evaluations of an event tend to evolve over time. So, and that's a big issue in these trials that can last several years. So if you're going to wait for a senior executive to make a summary judgment at the end of the trial, their evaluation is going to be going up and down over time. So what we do is by getting directly into these functional area managers, we can get very close to when these events happen, and that will significantly reduce bias. And finally, we can accept challenges so, uh, because it's validated. So we can say if somebody has something uh, that they want to challenge our model, we can, we can measure it and load it in the model and see if it contributes statistically significant variance to the model. And we can either say, yes, that is an important contributor, thank you, or sorry, no, it's not. Okay, to wrap up then, you mentioned you're in the validation stage. What are the next steps and when do you anticipate being able to publish your findings? Well, we're, yes, we're actually collecting data now, uh, which is very exciting. We've been working on developing these measures for the past year, and we think we should have enough subjects to uh, be able to validate the model by Q1 of next year. Michael, thank you very much for taking me through that today. <laughs>